Hey, buddy. How What's you doing? Up? I'm well. Yeah, we're just back on the road. Putting some miles on to matches. I mean, I, I don't think we're back on the road. I think we're still on the road. We're still on the road. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, heading to another match. Uh, I'm driving. Which, which is weird because normally we're in the tactical minivan. The tack van <laughs> is the way to roll. If you're not familiar, research it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, let's just touch on that for a second. The the price is very good. I mean, I'm telling you what, um, you can get a pretty loaded Chrysler, whatever, Grand Caravan, I think it is. I don't even care. They're all the same. Uh, the seats all fold down. You can load a ton of gear in there. Two dudes, cooler. Yep. I mean, if you if you want to drive to a match by yourself. Doubles and, as a camper. And sleep in it. Yes, it is the cheapest mobile camper setup you could ever have although you should go with a kia next time yeah i don't think so <laughs> i don't know why but i don't think so i'm pretty sure you're right yeah it's a bad idea it'll leave you stranded at a match or maybe before the match you never know it hasn't let me down yet i just rolled over 100k so that's pretty quality. i should probably change the oil now that's a good idea <laughs> all right man one. so do you remember uh do you remember when we first met or, or how we met so, or I I think I remember. Well, actually, I, I my recollection of the first time we met was the, well, my second Michigan match. Okay. So your first. Well, it, I might don't know if it's your first. I it was what twenty nineteen. I don't think it was my first Michigan match. Okay, is it mine was twenty nineteen. First match was April. Yeah. And I think we met in May, in the May match or there thereabouts. Okay. Well, I don't remember if it was my first match there or not. I just remember meeting the Francis. I remember meeting the actually. All right, do you want to go? For, you had a question for me, so not yet. It's okay, not, then, uh, it's not, I'm not ready for that yet. Okay, cool. Well, okay. then, yeah, I remember that was my first match where I met you, and um, I'm going to wait until after I answer this. There's a question apparently that Chad is like. <laughs> I remember how this played out, and he's been la- just chomping at the bit. To now ask you're me building about up this. anticipation. I, well, I am too. You have this. How much anticipation you've led up to me? To want to know the question that you're about to ask, which I'm like, okay, I, I think I know. I want to hear the story of what Chad remembers because well, I might I just, remember it differently. The question will come up, and it's okay. not even really a question. It's it's a story. Um, but I just remember we weren't in the same squad, so it's not like we were shooting nope. together or hanging out or whatever, and I didn't know. Um, I just heard some buzz about people saying that this guy over here was shooting pretty good. Um and so I would look over once in a while, and yeah, you'd be getting seven, eights, and nines, and occasional ten. And uh, I'm like, oh, this guy's doing good. You know, he's going to win the match. And, and I'm, I'm shooting pretty well, uh, but I'm still pretty green. And so um, so I didn't have, like, expectations of winning the match, but I, I could tell I was shooting my best so far that I had ever shot. Um, and it came to a stage where uh, it was a long-range, like, uh, troop line stage on the far left side of the, the range. And... Um, I heard a lot of people talking over there like, hey, something, something's wrong. Like, nobody can hit the fourth target, I think it was, the third or the fourth target, somewhere around 700 yards. And it happened to be one of my last stages I was coming up to. So so whenever I start hearing that, I'm like, okay, it's got to be the target range is off, right? I mean, it has to be wrong. Am I right? That's what I would think. Okay, I mean, yeah. So That's the first thing I would think. This was before I had a range finder that I took to the match or one that was even reliable, you know, so... Um, so people were trying to range it with, you know, XYZ cheap, cheap-ish range finders, and, and nobody could ping it. 
and I just think it was part of the, the terrain or the way I the target was. I remember that target now, and okay. I remember it being small. I like, No, it was an Ipsic. Like, I remember it being white. There was no marks was, on it. It wasn't a full-size Ipsic, though. No. It was like one of Nate's Ipsics. It was, I think it was a 66% Ipsic at 700-ish yards. Which is still small. Yeah. And so, um, so, so me, I'm doing a little bit of research here, and I'm like, okay, what'd you guys shoot it for? What, what was the range, and where do you think you went? And, uh, and then I, I heard you over there. Um, I wouldn't say complaining, but you were complaining. Like that had to be the range had to be wrong, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So now I'm like, okay, he he's shooting pretty good. That range had to be wrong. And so I'm like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to range it and do my best. But um, everybody is telling me that they were they were low. So I'm just going to, if I can't ping it, I'm going to add 40 yards to it. And it's, it's tall enough. I should probably, I should probably hit it. And so, um, so I, I lay down and, um, clean the stage and I saw my first hit and it was like, you know, just above the chest a little bit. So I think, you know, with my dope, I probably would have been just under it if I would not have done that. And, um, yeah, so, uh, Francis, he goes over and talks to the match director and he says, you know, um, that target was wrong, and and, and uh, somebody got to shoot it with the right information. I do and, remember this now. And so, and so I'm like, yeah. so I'm like, okay, well, I mean, whatever. I, I, I used, I did my own recon, and I used the information I had at the time. I, I, I agree. I shot it later in the day. Do whatever you guys want to do with it, because I feel like I shot pretty good, and that was a good day for me. And uh, we go down to the... Um, we go down to the awards ceremony kind of thing, and there, it wasn't anything huge. There was, you know, 20 guys huddled around because yep. m- most smaller. of the people, yeah, most of the people had already left. And uh, and he's like, "All right, um, you know, first place we got Chad Heckler and everybody." And I'm looking around I'm like, "Holy cow, that's awesome!" You know, I won my first, you know, one day match, and um, and his score was, you know, whatever, 76 points. And then it goes to uh, Francis. And um, he's second place, and he had 75, 75 points, one point less. And uh, and then uh, so then we're we're all like, you know, okay, this is cool. Um, and then Francis goes and looks at the scores, and he's like, wait a minute, that stage is still in there, and those points are in there. And Nate's because Nate said he was going to throw it out because it wasn't fair that some people, you know, last couple squads kind of caught yeah. onto it, right? And we were we were hitting it. The last couple squads were hitting it. And um, yeah, so that was just. Um, <laughs> that was just the start of it because it, it was a little salty because we didn't know. We were still feeling each other out at that point. We didn't really know each other. And we were he, he was telling me good job. I was telling him good job. And um, and it, 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 it got to the point where they handed out the trophies, which were these um, these pint classes he yeah. used to do, right? And, That's um, right. So they, they said first place, second place, third place. And I don't even know if they went out to five places back then. I think it was only three. I think it was three, yeah. yeah so first through third. Yep. three places and um and the other the other thing about those matches is everybody pitches in at the end of the match to help tear down stuff right um he's got a trailer and he's he pulls the trailer up and then we all pile in like the people that are still there there's probably eight or ten of us and we run down range because we have to pull down all the targets we have to set up the targets for um the normal range targets that mtc owns um and so i'm like okay i got first place trophy i got a cooler full of beer I'm going to put my beer in this. In the new first place mug. In this first place mug. And we're going to go downrange. And um, I don't think I was the only person uh, that had a beer down there. We were no, hanging there out were a having few. a good time. Mine was just the only one that happened to be in, uh, in a glass. In, a glass, in yeah. first place glass. And, um, 
and then uh, so we're driving downrange, and I don't remember how it happened or when it happened, but I um, but I got almost back to the the parking lot, and one of the target's posts had fallen over and crushed this glass, and I don't know, it was it might have been <laughs> karma, it might have been divine intervention or whatever it was. But, you know, I guess nobody deserved that glass. They decided. Yeah. Nobody did. Yeah, because, and, yeah, tossing the points, I think it flips the other way. Well, no, it was a tie. It was a tie, me. yeah. And yeah, you yeah. beat me on uh, tiebreaker. the tiebreaker. Yeah. So he's like, he comes up to me, he's like, he's like uh, can I have my glass now? <laughs> and I, and I, I, I pull open the door of the trailer and I grab the shards of this glass. And I'm like, oh, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Francis looks over and he's like, "Well, here's your second place glass, anyway." <laughs> oh yeah, so, I do remember that now. So we didn't know each other, and honestly, my first impression was, "Okay, that was we were, it was all in good fun." But I'm like, "Does this guy think I'm a complete jerk?" And then you probably felt the same way about me. I like, did, well, and I was like, I figured, I'm like, "Man, this guy's got to think I'm an asshat for trying to toss out a stage that gives him a pure win." And then at the same time, it's funny because I also remember it differently. Like the very first match, I remember I didn't hear your name or know anything about anyone shooting well um, up until literally they're, they started from the third and it was third place. I think it was Zach Barr, um, Zach Barr. And then it was Francis Cologne. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I thought I was shooting well enough to win the match regardless. So. By the time when they announced, you know, second place Francis, like, I was not ready to walk up. I was waiting for somebody else to be second place. And all of a sudden, I look up, like, wait, what? Um, and I remember, like, it was this split second of, I didn't win the match? Like, I, I don't I don't remember how um, surprised I looked, but I'm sure if there was a camera, it would have been uh, kind of like that, I think it's like a little girl meme who's got the eyes and, like, the weird smile, like, huh? That's kind of what it felt like to me. Uh, and then Chad walks up, and I'm like, who is this dude? And uh, I'm like, how did he beat me? I, I was, And it's not that I felt like I was going. like I did think I shot well enough to win because I was just tracking everybody in my squad. I'm like, there was no one close, or at least not super close. And I, I remember thinking, who the hell is this dude? And, uh, yeah, long story short, then the broken glass and all that, and we actually um, it went from, like, who is this guy to, all right, who's this guy? We got we to gotta start chatting more. And then I think we should actually go into the second match, which, if I'm not mistaken, would have been the end of April because it would have been a two-day PRS match that we both attended. Uh, okay. Uh, you start there because I don't remember which match it was. So Buckeye okay. at TVP, we oh went down, and we had, what, six, seven of us drove down and <laughs> – you remember, well, you may not remember, but I remember uh, this is going to be my first two-day match. Um, I ended up getting sick, like literally sick, and like pneumonia, just coming off of pneumonia or something close to it, and I was just dog sick. And I tried to go to bed, hang with everybody, but by 11 o'clock I was beat, I was hurting, and this is on Friday. Uh, go to the hotel room, and I'm trying to get some sleep, and... <laughs> Like two in the morning, uh, Danny comes piling in the room because he was supposed to be sleeping with Corby or something like that. Bob, one of our other buddies. I didn't know and we were dropping names on here. I guess we are. Yeah, well, this is a, this is they're gonna live in they're gonna be immortalized with this story, and so uh, we're all still friends Danny, after this. Yeah, by the way. but yeah, 
take no take backsies, but we love you guys. Um, the uh, so Danny, I think it might have been twelve twelve thirty. All of a sudden, he gets. I hear knock at the door. I'm not feeling good. I open the door and rolls Dan. Needless to say, from midnight until about two two thirty in the morning, like I, there was no sleeping. Yeah. Um, and then I remember we had to be up at like four thirty four o'clock. I barely slept an hour. And I already felt wrecked. And I remember the next day just rolling into this match. And Dan, to his credit, was like, man, I feel terrible. That Dan got I don't know my, if he felt terrible because of um, it how he acted or because he really <laughs> felt terrible. I'm sure he felt terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the funny part about this is, uh, and this is just because it has to, ha- it has to be said, Dan rolls in first he goes into the bathroom, and I remember the light being on for a long time, and I can't open the door. Well, apparently he tried sleeping in front of the door, and I'm like, this is a no-go because if he blocks the door, I don't I don't even have contacts in. I'm not going to be able to put contacts in, in the morning if this dude passes out all night. Like, what am I going to do? Finally get him to move from the bathroom door somehow. I And I notice I go to bed. I try to. I'm tossing and turning. 30 minutes later, the do- light's back up, and I'm like, what is going on? I go in there, and he's sleeping on the sink on top of the counter, up against the mirror, curled up in like a fetal position with his feet in the sink. I mean, just, I'm like, dude, you can't do that. Like, you could break this thing. It's like a cantilevered sink. And, okay, I go back to bed. I'm like, all right. He said, no, he's good to go. Five minutes later, I feel snuggles. And all of a sudden, he's in my bed. Like, (laughs) Corby was, he was supposed to jump into Corby's bed and ended up in my bed. And he's, like, literally right on top of me, and I already can't sleep. And now I'm like, come on, bro. 45 minutes later, he's you're finally, really, like, oh, gosh. You're really it, downplaying uh, how I'm, upset you were. I'm, like, I'm, t- I can't I'm telling do it you right now. I know. I was, like, half livid because I needed one night of sleep to already not feel crappy. And this yeah, well, was this the was first, the first match of the rest of your life. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was the beginning of the beginning. And uh, on top of that, it felt like I was going to die. Yeah. And I got no sleep. And it was going to be the first night that I almost felt good enough to do this or else I wasn't even going to go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was our That was an interesting match. match. I love that place. I love going to cool shoot place. that range. You get to shoot yeah. a lot of different um, directions and, and across the valley there. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I remember that now, uh, obviously. That's not what I remember <laughs> most about you and I. Um, because, no. Because I still hadn't forged a friendship with but you yet. I'm going to say that match is honestly where I went. I'm more like Chad than anyone else here. <laughs> I, I need to go ride with Chad more. And to well, me, that was where I started really solidifying. I'm going to start to get to know Chad more. Let's link up our schedules. Well, I think right after that or some sometime around that time period, we looked at our calendar. Because um, our both both our goals were, correct Similar. me if I'm wrong, yeah, was to try to make the pro finale that year yep. and do as good as we could. So um, we had already scoped out the, the closest matches to us and then – made a schedule and when we compared our schedules like we were shooting you know nine out of the ten the same matches and the, the next match after that was the Collis match at yeah. K&M and um, that was the first time we really you know rode, rode together. together and started talking about stuff and you know you're in that like storming phase where you're figuring each other out you know when you got to travel somewhere with them and sleep in the same hotel room and eat and you know do everything together yep um was so, it storming norming forming or yeah. forming storming norming well, one of those yeah four. it didn't take long until yeah. um until i wanted to um put some earplugs in and disconnect 
uh, because this guy does not stop talking. And then when I realized, um, you know, even if it's not something that I'm totally interested, uh, it might just be that I'm not totally interested in it yet. And there's always something to be gained from, um, you know, talking about things that you've never thought of before. And this is about everything, about life and, and everything in general, but specifically in Precision Rifle. I mean, everybody... Um, thinks they know until they realize they don't know and unless yep. you expose yourself to things that um, that you don't that you've never thought of before or you don't know anything about then you don't really know uh, what you're missing out on and although a lot of the topics that that you and I talk uh, you and I talk about um, we agree on there's a lot of them that we don't agree on and we at least talk about them. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is disagree. He's good at it. <laughs> and it's not because I want to start an argument. It's because I want to make sure that um, we're not missing anything. I don't I don't want to live in an echo chamber where everybody just agrees with me. And uh, but that's he, also something I, I've probably the thing I like most about our friendship. The fact that you disagree and challenge more of the things I say. I'm more critical of the things I do say. Yeah, that's and a good point. It's, it, I'm really introspective when trying to flesh out an idea. Have I looked at this from multiple angles? So, you know, in that way, you know, your approach to challenging my statements or my beliefs has helped me grow faster because I get to challenge them more before I even bring them up because I know it's going to be a, I disagree otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> or at least a good challenge. And it's respectful. I mean, yeah. sometimes conversations or some people that you interact with um, will try to shut you down real quick. Um, I think it's a missed opportunity on their part because they don't get to hear the whole argument. And what if there is something that could benefit them? But um, I really, even if I do agree with you, uh, don't be offended because uh, I'm still going to disagree with you uh, until I let you articulate your point to the fullest extent. And it's in both of our best interests. So I think you figured that out about me by yep. now. Um, and I don't do it. Um, I don't do it to disrespect. I do it for the benefit of the learning process. It's funny because I've never actually taken it as disrespectful. Not once. Well, and it's something that... Um, I can tell. Yeah. Because we're otherwise still we're, Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we're still riding in the same car together. Um, yeah, I mean, going back, I mean, one of the things that I really wanted to talk about, specifically in this episode or this show, um, is prior to us meeting, right? I mean, I know, and I've heard the story about how you started, and um, I think you've heard the story about how I started, but I think, you know, from going back, like, literally what what drove us to say i want to get into competition because i'm going to say this is one of the challenges that i've always wanted to address to as many people as i can and this is the first format where we're able to kind of do that you know people in life tend to shy away from let's call them big challenges right if you own a business uh you had to make conscious effort to start a business risk everything to get to the point where you are now if you're in a job that you want to leave and you have a great idea you have to risk everything to start that idea, whether it's small and you want to start a side gig or big, I'm going to stop everything, cut ties and start a business. Or in this case, shoot, I want to go shoot a match. Well, in my opinion, more people don't shoot matches. And as a match director, you know, I get to hear this probably about 10 infinitely more than Chad does. Um, shooters by will, yeah, by choice. Um, <laughs> Shooters will say, hey, I really want to shoot a match, but, uh, yeah, I just don't want to get my, my butt whooped or have, you know, uh, made a fool of or anything like that. And yeah, I'm the exact opposite. I Likewise, <laughs> yeah, because I, I think what people miss more often than not is 
the challenge is in the challenge. That is like that is the spice of life. That's the thing that keeps us learning and pushing forward all the time. Um, complacency is the killer of all innovation, right? Um, I, I want to talk, I want to hear what Chad, what got Chad, like truly, like first competition, what got you into it? Like, when did you make the line and what was it that caused you to go, I want to do insert match? Uh, that is a good question because I was already pot committed before I shot my first match. My first match was in 2017. Uh, it was a Guardian long range event at uh, MTC. And I had already built uh, a custom rifle specifically for this um, and don't understand fully why I did it um, other than the fact that I met um, I met Dan, the guy that you were talking about earlier. Um, I met him at a brewery and we started talking about uh, precision rifle, long range shooting specifically and um, what MTC was doing up there and the, the type of range that they were building and, and um, what you could go up there and, and experience. And I said, you know what, that sounds awesome. I mean, I, I considered myself a gun owner enthusiast. I had a, quite a few rifles and pistols and, and I'd never seen anything like that. I'd thought that a 500 yard shot was like, you know, a long, a long shot, yeah. right? So, so I guess, I didn't know I wanted to be into get into competition for sure, but I am the type of person that that goes deep into something when I find interest in it because I want to know like if it's for me or not. I mean, and I'm not afraid of uh, performing. I mean, I've I've uh, been in bands my my whole adult life since I you know was in high school, and being on stage never bothered me. Which you know most people like you were talking, um, they just don't want to be embarrassed or get, you know, their butt whooped or whatever, however you want to describe it. They have that, um, that fear. I, I had none of that. Um, I was really up for finding out, um, how good I could be in that venue. And then, um, not so much comparing myself to the peer, my peers, but how, how good I could, how fast I could go up that ladder and, and, and prove to myself more than, you know, prove myself against the field. That is an, I mean, so the reason I wanted to know this is because I was pretty sure it was going to lead exactly where it did. Um, you know, a friend, a new relationship, a friendship brought you into the matches, right? Yeah. I mean, Danny spurred us an interest. Hey, this comp, I'm assuming he's the one that introduced you to the guardian. Yeah. He, um, well, he took me up there and, um, and then I met Corby yep. and, and Swanee and a couple of other people up there and then you know that was the most that was the soonest match that was available to me basically yep. <laughs> but that like relationship that. it's the relationship that you form with dan you know meeting him moving that forward that evolved you met others and that evolved into matches and then the you know let's call it the driving force behind why do the match not just i want to do the match but was to challenge yourself like what's the the goal so to speak the goal is to see how high you can climb the ladder how fast you can get there yeah um i'm gonna i'm gonna circle to what led me to the same thing to the same conclusion and it's funny because our the reason for doing it is very the same and in fact it's almost the same story with different names right mm -hmm. um back in oh gosh it would have been 20 2012 2013 um kind of like brother i guess it'd be a brother cousin-in-law maybe i'm not sure what uh jim helden good buddy of mine 
we were just shooting. Uh, I met him behind my uh, my father-in-law's house at a family reunion. He had like a 22 with him. I had a 17 HMR. And he's like, oh, you shoot guns? Yeah, I shoot guns. I had one in my car. He had his in his car. That's we a just good way literally live. left the little reunion, walked 50 or 100 yards, and started shooting 22s and 17s at 100 yards. And we backed up as far as we could to get to 200. And we're like, that was fun. Cool. All right. You want to do it again sometime? Sure. And that led to, let's go find all these places to go shoot further and further with bigger guns, you know, 6.5s and 308s. Um, long story shorter, Jim... Uh, was always competitive in military shooting and for the military and so he ended up saying yeah we should go do these like this gas gun competition and it was, I think it was in Blue Water at the time in the thumb of Michigan Blue Water Sportsman's Club I think that's the right yep, name I've been there um, and so I'm like I want to do this I, we both committed to see how you know how good we would do because we thought we would do really well but I didn't know well he ended up backing out last second he had a conflict and I ended up having to go to that match in, like, 2018, I think it was, 2017 or 2018. But I trained for, like, a month. I went there, and I ended up tying for first. So It's funny. What what does your training look like back then? You say oh you trained. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah. that, that's a very interesting statement to me because, I mean, we train these days. Um, so I got to believe it was different. It so was way different. What, do you, what made you think that you were prepared? I like, didn't. Okay. Nothing. I, I, I felt so unprepared because I didn't know what I didn't know. And to, to circle back how creepily similar these our stories just were, right? You talked about how, you know, when you you didn't know what you didn't know, people learn and they, they don't know that they don't know until they do or that they think they know. And then all of a sudden, ooh, I really don't know. That's where it was when I started. I, I thought, okay, I know I can hit targets with this AR that I've built out to three, 400 yards, even six, 700 yards at MTC and other places. But I don't even know what a competition is. Like, what does it entail? It's got to be something like hitting steel like we just were, but okay. So I should probably, there's going to be time involved. So I should practice time. So my drills were more or less like, how fast could I load a mag, drop a mag, change a mag? How could I go from standing to prone and hit one shot or two shots on a steel target, like three or 400 yards. So I kept practicing that to get split times faster and faster and faster to where it felt really hard like unattainable like four to five seconds to go prone i think it was six at the time four to five six seconds and i couldn't beat five i think it was at six for down from prone standing go forward bang bang done or something like that and long story short i ended up tying for first in that match and it was a year and a half i that wasn't ultimately for me the matches went away otherwise i probably would have kept shooting you know that style competition like dmr style competition mm-hmm. but um we wanted to try this thing called PRS because I really wanted to try even further ranges with a bolt gun and precision based. And Jim and my other buddy just continually had schedule conflicts. And you know what? I woke up and went, you know what? I want to know. I tied for first at a match that I had knew nothing about after some hard work for about two months prior. Yeah, but I, how many people were there? Uh, like eight? 40. Well, that's like forty-five, like forty. There's like forty or thirty-five, forty, fifty, somewhere in there. It was, it was actually a pretty big field. Um, for I mean, again, I knew no different. Yeah, there's so no reference point. I had so. no references for that. So, coming back, they can't schedule make their matches. They can't make any of the things I'm trying to make it to. I'm like, you know what? I went and booked. I, I booked a match. I just wrote them in my calendar. I wrote down, uh, let's do Rainers. That's in February, or maybe it was January. Let's do this other match in 
March, and then we'll do this one in April, and then I'll do this one in April, and this one in April, this one in May. I booked, I literally just, I started with one, and within seconds, I had already planned seven or eight matches. Committed, like mentally, I'm going. This was is happening. Eight, was that 18 or 19? Uh, 19. Okay. So that was my first year, and just prior to that match, in like October, this is what spawned us wanting to go to the PRS. Uh, there's a this sniper match by Tom Rayner. It was um, it was a PRS style match, but much more like kind of the I guess the old school matches where you'd shoot standing offhand. You'd have 12 rounds in 60 seconds. You'd have hidden targets, unknown distances, like you name it. I heard you had to shoot from a swing. Oh, I can't remember if we <laughs> did on that one or not. A tree but swing we, or something. I definitely shot from a swing at Tom's place. Yeah. yeah. We, there was a lot of unique props. There were a lot of challenges and things that I had no clue. Well, I shot that match. I finished maybe middle of the pack. I think I was like 22nd out of 40 or 44. Um, and I remember that experience after having tied for first. I'm like, okay. Well, this makes more sense at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I like this. Gives you something to strive for. But why did I not get first? Yeah. And immediately, so what you said, how fast do you go up the ladder? I'm like, I think I could do way better. I'm going to prove it. And now I'm going to go challenge myself to go win matches. And and I didn't even, I didn't know what I didn't know, but uh, I settled on a bunch of matches and started shooting. And then it was like three months later that we met. Yep. So. Yep. So we're, we're driving down to the Collis match and I, I had never been there before. Have you? Uh, that was my first time. Okay. No, I, I wanted yeah. to shoot it because the finale was supposed to be there. Yeah. Our goal was to go to the finale. So I'm like, this has got to be on my list. Yep. So, honestly, my first impression of that place was just, wow. <laughs> I still have the photos in my library of pulling in the wrong direction. We went oh, yeah. the wrong way, and, and I just remember going, what in the world? This is a shooting range? It's immaculate. Like, yeah. the sun was coming up over the hill. And it was like pink sky background over this manicured green grass field of awesome with steel everywhere and Connex boxes and yeah. Yep. I don't I don't remember how how did crazy. you do that weekend? Horrible. Oh no, I doubt it. <laughs> it was no no no. It legitimately, we, you could look it up. I'm pretty sure it was my worst or second worst match ever. That Collis match went horribly for me. Hmm. Uh, I think I was hundred something. What happened? Um, do you remember? I don't. Because at that point, I and this is I think this is a good learning experience for anybody listening, right? You're different ponds. Um, I did okay at Big Dog. That was my first two day, and I thought, and I had just won I think one or two. I won a Michigan match prior to that. I won a Rainers match prior to that. So I was on two local wins, and one like maybe I think top twenty at a pro match. Yeah, at, I think we were in the twenty ish. Yeah, 20 somewhere to 30. there. And I remember thinking, awesome. I got this. Like I've just placed first, first, and like twenty second. Like, how hard can this be? Let's mm-hmm. just go show all these boys how it's done. And I think I finished hundred seventeenth or something. Um, I couldn't tell you what I did wrong. I know now in retrospect, you know, always hold left. <laughs> that was that was my biggest mistake there. Yeah, I I didn't know what I didn't know going into that. I honestly feel like it was nerves more so than anything. And I say nerves, nerves taking me out of the process that I had never knew I needed. Yeah. Like there were so many new things at that level of shooting with that much distance, that much movement. I just didn't know what I didn't know. I, I'm I sure mean, the I cool had, thing now yeah. is um, going back to K and M. We feel a little bit differently. <laughs> slightly, slightly yeah. different. Yeah, I think uh, we would both say we're. I like that place. We'll just say I like that place. We do. Yeah, yep. it's a it's a fun place to go. 
Um, but from there, you know, I mean, bringing this back into what we started talking about, you know, how we met and where that brought us. Uh, if it, I think it's neat that the parallel, we both ended up at the same point in, in space, so to speak, you know, competing to try to see how good we could be. And that was just this open-ended goal. How good could we be? Yeah. And it started with a guy in a bar and a, a dude behind a house shooting 22s. In your case, a guy in a bar and shooting. I'm sure there I mean, was beer involved in your scenario as well. Yeah, Jim doesn't drink that much. Oh, so, okay. you no, know, there, there, there should have been, but there was beer there eventually. Um, the, but to have the, like, the relationship grew, you shared something, that something spawned into, now I want to go see what I can do with this. And whether you do it together, you know, do you, I mean, relationships move around until you find, you know, the person that helps you move forward with your goals the right way. I think it's, it can be challenging. Like, you know, you're still friends with Dan, obviously. Oh, yeah. But you yep. don't shoot with Dan, like other than, you know, some practice here or there. Other, you don't shoot matches with Dan anymore, right? No. He's not shooting a lot. Um, I still, I don't get to shoot with Jim. He moved to Southern Ohio and uh, he, we talk about shooting a lot, but we don't, we never actually got to shoot much after I decided to kind of jump into the deep end. It became really hard. So I had to search, start a search over again and find a new friend. Um, and that led us to where we are because we both had similar goals. We shared enough information to figure out how we wanted to take those goals, uh, you know, parallel tracks. And they, with, I would, I would argue, we both benefited from that pretty. Oh yeah, for substantially, sure. right? Yep. Yeah. So that's the story of our, you know, how we met, where we got to where we are. Uh, at least the first part of it. Yeah, the very, very, very first very, year. Just the tip. Yeah, we both made it to the finale that year. You did way better than me. I think you finished it around 50 or. Yeah, something. I finished 49th. Yeah. My rookie year. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty cool. Rookie of the year. Nope. Nope. I was, oh, sorry. I was nominated rookie. Nominated rookie of the year. I think Lee Stevens. Uh, no. Yeah, he I'm didn't. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Lee. It was he. Yeah. No. I remember. I thought it, it was, was not Allison. me. It was either Alice. Uh, no, it wasn't Allison. It was uh, Wiley. I don't know. I, I don't think remember. it was Wiley Cloud. I don't remember. Because I remember Jake. Jake nominated Wiley. And it was Wiley, Allison. No, Allison didn't even shoot her first that match wasn't that her. year, was yeah, it? Yeah, she wasn't. So it was me, Wiley, and I think Lee Stevens and one other dude or two other people. Well, I voted for but you, Francis. <laughs> I didn't. You did I did not vote for me. Why? No. Uh, just a weird rule I have. I, if I'm ever up for like a vote, I don't vote for me. Hmm. I vote for somebody else. Man. Vote for Pedro. Okay. So I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's just feels oddly selfish to vote for yourself. Yeah, but you know you're the best man for the job. True. <laughs> if you, I mean, there are aspects, but I still, I, I don't know. I don't think there's ever journey. been a president so. that's not voted for themselves. I know they're all selfish. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was a bad reference. But it's still, I, I yeah, I, I just, it's just a weird rule that I've got. Don't vote for yourself. Vote for somebody else. Pay it forward. Um. What are what's the most important thing that you you think goal let's say goal wise do you I mean if we know what we should do that on another, another episode because sure. um, I think goals on their own are arguably the the dominant factor as to why we're at why we got to where we did as quickly as we did are kind of a threefold right we both had goals uh, however lofty I think we'll talk about the specifics of why those worked later. But we also had 
people around us that were willing to at least tolerate and support what we were trying to do. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, we had enough sense to know we we're always going to learn more. Right. There's always more to learn. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I both, um, we spend a lot of time figuring things out until we know we have the best way, but we're not, we're not stubborn enough to think that there can't be a better way. And, um, That's what keeps me coming back to this, that and the people like knowing that I have not achieved perfection. Like I want, I want to clean a match. Let's just put that out there. We've said that before. Yeah. So, um, until, until that happens, like you, I I haven't achieved what, what I've set out to do. And sometimes that means that you come away from the match, not feeling super awesome because you, (laughs) you made too many mistakes and, Honestly, um, that's more my priority these days than, you know, anything else. It's reducing my exposure to making mistakes and then, you know, following through on that promise and not making those mistakes. Um, There's all kinds of reasons you can get distracted and and do that but and not do that. But um, the matches I feel the best about aren't necessarily the ones that I won. Um, And then some of the matches that I did win or placed really well at, I was very surprised if that makes sense i I don't know if you've had that same experience i definitely have there have been a couple that kind of looked around going nah you're kidding me right yeah okay yep so you walk up there thinking okay yeah i'm 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 happy that you know i finished in the top five but i'm very surprised because i made i missed one shot on the skill stage which is a sin and i (laughs) i held the wrong dope for one target and i engage the wrong target those are three points right there those are unacceptable and uh you always want to beat people on their best day but people are fallible and um you know they make mistakes too so um you know that that comes into a whole another uh, a, a whole another topic we should probably dig into a, a lot deeper but um i i think you know i'm really thankful to have met you i, I want to say thanks to you um i really think that but the discussions we have um, and the friendship we've forged is is the reason why I'm successful in this sport. And, you know, you, you're not pulling the trigger for me and you're not organizing my um, reloading process and you're not maintaining my rifle, but you are the driving force for me to get better at that every time and not be satisfied, um, not be satisfied without striving for perfection. You'll never reach it, but you should always be striving for it. And that is what I feel our relationship is, is, is good for. It has really done for me. So thank you. Yep. No, I, and likewise, man, thank you. Because the, you know, we talk, when we talk about goals and how we're trying to get somewhere, um, I remember a distinct shift in what I thought I could achieve right after I met you. And right, especially once I started shooting with you more because the, the bar is now perpetually in motion as opposed to, you know, it's easy to wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm going to be that good. And then you wake up in the morning, you're like, eh, I just don't want to go after it. Well, now I look in the mirror and I see Chad looking back at me, That's proverbially creepy. speaking. That's creepy. Uh, again, yeah, proverbially <laughs> speaking, this is a, a metaphor. You know, I know that he's willing to work X harder than me. So I have to be able to work X harder than me, working harder than him, working harder to be me. Like that, that small fact 
which I know is a fact, um, is, is the thing that Chad has given me to constantly never be complacent. Because that was, to me, one of my biggest weaknesses. You know, once I would get to the top of something or close, I'm very much like Chad in that, you know, like you, I, I go deep dive, you know, inch wide, mile deep, try to burn it out. And that burnout part is the, is the thing that I think you have saved me from uh, because there's always more. Because I get to hear your excitement. I get to hear your new, you know, your, I'm excited to learn this. And now I'm excited to learn that. And it, it continually gives me a fresh vantage point as to why I'm in this sport, as to why I want to work harder, why I want to go spend the hours doing the things to put rounds on target. Otherwise, I don't know that I'd be doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to stagnate. Um, when you're doing the same thing over and over again. I mean, this is a lot of this is you're showing up to a match and there's 10 stages per day that are very similar to something you've seen before, right? Yep. So um, so I think that what you're describing is basically that we're constantly um, constantly challenging the what we currently know to be the best way and what we currently know to be the right way and trying to find, you know, small incremental improvements along the way to uh, to drive each other to, you know, be even better. Because, man, the field is not uh, – the field of, of competitors is not getting any easier there. No. <laughs> it, no. It's pretty insane how um, how many people show up to these matches that can, that can win the match. Which I, I love now. It yeah. is super cool um, to come out to a match and go, it's not ten people or five people or one person that's going to win it. There's 30 people, yep. 40 people who are all vying for top five that yeah. very likely will. Especially at, mm-hmm. you know, the qualifier matches, the AG, AG Cup, Cup matches. matches. I, I like how they did the, the qualifier style matches because it really concentrated. I, I don't know. If, I agree. I don't think it's been that way forever. It's only been the last few years, right? Three, four years. Yeah, it was, it was a thing when I started, or okay. 19. So if it was before that, I wouldn't know. I yeah, I'm not sure either, but I, I think that's a... Um, that was a, a good move because I love those matches. And I've always said, like, I'm going to put myself through the most punishment, but go to the hardest, hard matches. Maybe I haven't been to the hardest matches. I'm not sure. I, I don't know because I haven't been to them all. But um, shoot the AG Cup matches when I can. Shoot the Out West matches. Tra- travel all over the country. Put myself, you know, in different scenarios with terrain and wind and, and so that I can – um, have those experiences so that I know what I need to come home and train on and, and you know thankful that I can afford to do that and that my family supports me in that and um, I know you feel the same way in that Definitely. regard and um, so that I think that is um, that has accelerated our learning curve once we've you know joined up and started challenging each other that was another facet that we both leaned on and and I feel like that's important to to don't coddle yourself. Like put yourself in difficult situations. You know, You're you can go it. to the same monthly match at your local club, um, and the same guys are going to shoot with you, and you know probably where you're going to stack up with those guys. And eventually, you know, if you work at it, you're going to be at the top of that group of guys. Find your way outside of that group. Go venture off and, and find a find a way to challenge yourself even more. Make yourself uncomfortable because it yep. makes all the comfortable stuff feel easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. All right. Well, that's about all I got for now. How about you? Mm, that's all I got. All right. So. Well, let's make a pit stop here. Okay. See you, <laughs> buddy. Talk to you soon.